thing is what we're about, but it ain't what we're all about. Because the homeboy is about dishing our pain. Meet wrestling's latest brother. Oh, yes, and he is a brother. The only difference between me and him is that he's medium rare, and I'm well done. Okay, this is episode three of Crowd Interference. Sorry for the hiatus. I was equal parts lazy, uh, <laughs> needing some time to myself, and then also I didn't want to put anything out during WrestleMania week because that's just way too much wrestling content going on at one time. But anyhow, I'm back. I am DEO, as most of you would know if you listening to this podcast so basically i'm going to cover a little bit of wrestlemania and what and and takeover and things like that just the stuff that really stood out to me and i'm also gonna go over a local event that i went to it's a promotion called mucha lucha atlanta it's really dope there was a ton of uh, really dope talent there so i'm gonna start with that and mucha lucha atlanta was dope we had all types of people there there were Priscilla Kelly, who, if you don't know who Priscilla Kelly is, she's like in the same uh, aesthetic of Paige, but I I say she's a little bit better in the ring. Then there is Kiara Hogan, who is in the same vein as Naomi, um, in that there are a lot of ass-based attacks, and, you know, yeah, uh, there was a metric ton of ass in the ring for that match no other way to say it. I mean, for both. But anyhow, uh, Mr. 450 was there, um, and he faced off against Penta El Cero M, and that was dope. There was a lot of uh, Mexico versus Puerto Rico things going on that I didn't really understand culturally. My Puerto Rican friend had to explain this stuff to me. And yeah, it was um, pretty hilarious once it was explained to me. Mr. 450's got a history of doing some antagonistic things in this fight he uh, wiped the mexican flag in his crotch and asshole area and then threw it into the back into the crowd the first event i believe that he was with mucho lucha atlanta he was throwing tortillas at the mexican crowd members um, and then the at the last one that i went to before this one he actually came out with glade air freshener and was spraying the crowd because yeah I don't need to tell you exactly why, but yeah, it was, uh, he's great. Uh, we only got, like, some of you may know him from the, I believe he had, like, a dark match on the Cruiserweight Classic, but he had a match on 205 Live where he injured his knee. Um, but anyhow, dude's awesome. His heel work is amazing. Definitely somebody that you guys need to look out for. Of course, you guys know Pentel Center M. Uh, also, A.R. Fox was there, and he went against Ray Horace, and that was a dope-ass match. You know, Ray Horace is, he's great. Like, he is, if, whenever Lucha on the Ground comes back, or if it does come back, because now it's looking like, you know, the dirt sheet are say, sheets are saying that it, that it might not 
come back, or if it does, it won't be in the same incarnation that it was previously. But he's dope. Um, and A.R. Fox, if you are familiar with the indies at all, A.R. Fox is dope. Like, just, yeah, everything that A.R. Fox does is dope. Um, there were other people, like one half of the lynch mob was there. That was pretty dope. Uh, Darby Allen. Now, I hadn't, I wasn't really that familiar with Darby Allen until like just a few months ago where I saw like gifs of him. And yes, I say gifs, not gifs. I don't care. The person that created the gif said it's pronounced gif. So if his mama called him Clay, I'ma call him Clay. There we have it. But anyhow, Darby Allen. So I saw him on different, you know, gifs and stuff like that and video clips on Twitter. And I was like, yo, dude's got a very interesting aesthetic. He's got the whole punk rock, you know, kind of golf type thing going on, which is really dope. But dude's a crazy man. Like he climbed. So he just basically gripped onto uh, one of the support poles in the building and just crawl and, you know, climb his way up to about 15 feet in the air and then just leaped off. It was one of the most bananas things that I've seen in person at a wrestling event. Like shit was just really dope. I had a blast. So did my friends that went. Um, so I was there with, you know her as uh, Leg Kick TKO on Twitter. And then uh, I was also there with Justin, who is, shit, I forgot his damn um, <laughs> Twitter handle. But when it comes to me, I'll say who it was. And then one of my friends, uh, Enid, I went there with her. And she's a very casual, I wouldn't even say she's a casual wrestling fan. She doesn't watch wrestling at all. And she had a blast just because they know how to put on, you know, just a really eventful uh, show. And, oh, they also, so the main event was, so, like, I guess it was a co-main event type thing. Uh, There was a hardcore match between Vare Morales and some other dude. And it was just one of those crazy hardcore matches that were skewers stuck into people's heads light bulbs take uh, light tubes taped to people's backs and all types of unnecessary stuff like you know all those light tubes bursting like that's that's got to be bad for your health you can't be breathing that shit in all the time (laughs) so that was you know it was that one i didn't so much enjoy it as it was just cool to see but not really my style and then the main event was uh dr wagner jr versus Psycho Clown, which was fun. Both these motherfuckers is old as hell. Um but yeah, it was dope. And Dr. Wagner Jr., you know, you probably some of you that if you if you don't watch Triple A but you watch Lucha Underground, he was on the last season. Uh uh managed by Famous B and the beautiful Brenda. So yeah, it was a dope event, you know. I think we're gonna be getting Jeff Cobb soon and some others and should be really dope, uh event so if you guys are in the area or kind of close to the area the next one's june 25th i believe i'll be there again so will my other compatriots and such so yeah um wrestlemania and takeover so this is one of the best wrestlemanias that i've watched live ever and i'll be truthful with you i have only really gotten to watch wrestlemania live really recently um because i was a poor kid no other way to say it uh when i grew up we couldn't have my mom could first off she couldn't even afford cable because she was a single mother she worked two jobs so my mom's a teacher she still is a teacher 
Uh, and she come home from teaching, do her lesson plans, so on and so forth. And then she would go work a second job just to make sure everything, I had food on the table, clothing on my back. So stuff like cable and stuff like that just wasn't a thing. So she, you know, we had the bootleg cable set up, which meant no pay-per-views, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So the only time I actually would ever get to watch WrestleMania Live was when I went over my best friend in high school, middle school and high school's place, and he was really well off, so he got all the pay-per-views. But as in, like, after that, like, as an adult, I did not start watching pay-per-views live like this until the network came on. So, yeah, I have gone back and watched all of the WrestleManias, so I do have a good grasp as to which ones are good and which ones are bad, but this is by far the best one that I've seen live, because the past few have been, eh, this one was really good. Pacing was kind of weird. The fucking time, it's it's too long. Like, seven hours is too long for anything. I don't give a damn what it is. I can't, whether you're binge-watching through a TV series or whatever, seven hours straight, that is a lot. Like, that's a lot. And I know the people that were in the actual stadium, that had to be even crazier for them. Because for me, like, I can't sit here and fucking watch pro wrestling from 5 o'clock in the afternoon all the way until after 12. And it's just, that's a lot to ask for. That is a lot to ask for, especially since we watched a few hours of TakeOver the night before. You know, and if you're like a hardcore wrestling fan, you probably watch Flow Slam stuff and all the other indie promotional um, things that were going on. Like, that's a lot to take in. You know, like I would say the sweet spot's probably about five and a half hours. You know, that that's just keep everything concise. You know, <laughs> yeah. But um, the matches that really stood out to me, you know, I really liked. So the the crowning thing for me was the Hardys. Like the Hardys returning had me marking out like fucking crazy. Because I am a hardcore OG Hardy Boys stan. Not a fanboy, a stan. I would, anything that they did back in the day, I, they could do no wrong whatsoever. Um, I didn't watch them in TNA really. I didn't really get, I didn't get onto the broken bandwagon until way later. And, you know, it took a while for me to do that. But seeing them come back to the WWE just brought back so many emotions. Like the first pro wrestling t-shirt that I ever bought with my own money that I ever owned really was a Hardy Boys shirt so I bought that when I went to a Raw uh, when they came here and I wore that the next day to school proud as fuck and then I got teased the entire day so that happened but um yeah, <laughs> so that was dope. The match was, you know, it was cool. Like, a lot of the matches were just okay. There wasn't really anything where it was, like, super spectacular that happened. Um, I enjoyed both. I, well, I enjoyed the first women's match, but still it was crazy short. Like, it could have... I, I know there was a whole bunch of... When it came to both women's matches, we were worried that they were whether they were going to get enough time, and of course they did not. Even though this was a seven-hour fucking pay-per-view, we had all of, you know, I think collectively they got less than 20 minutes. 
Matter of fact, I know for a fact they did. Because uh, I think the SmackDown women's match was about six minutes and the uh, Raw women's match was about 12. Which is like, that's ridiculous. Like, you gave Roman Reigns and Taker like 20-some-odd minutes and Shane and AJ Styles, which was dope. They didn't necessarily need all that time. Like, there were a bunch of times in that uh, match where it was just like, look, this is this is a lot. <laughs> you know, this this is a lot to deal with. Because it just kept on going. It just felt like it kept on going and going and going and going. But anyhow, so the stuff that I liked. Neville Austin Aries, fucking dope. Like, Neville is... I, I always, I've always been a Neville fan. He's always been really dope. But, you know, he there was always something missing. I remember back in the days of NXT when he was like a quasi-heel. When he was like going against uh, Sami Zayn and things like that. Where it's like, we know Neville's a good guy. But he would just do these... His moves, a lot of the moves that he did in the way that he acted in the ring was very heelish. So it was like when they finally gave him, let him just go and do what he does best, it's been amazing. Austin Aries is dope, and I'm glad that he is no longer wearing that stupid damn cape. Because I'm all about that damn frilly jacket. It's amazing. Sorry, Stella. <laughs> uh, but I can't, just can't get down with the cape. Anyhow. Um, the elimination thing was garbage. Sorry. Like, once Braun and the Big Show were gone, it was like, I don't care. The whole Gronk segment. The the real star of that shit was the overzealous security guard who ended up being on uh, NXT this week, which was just great. Um, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. Don't care. AJ Styles, Shane McMahon. Far better than it had any right to be. Um, like, that one-arm Styles clash that... <laughs> that AJ Styles hit on Shane. Whoo! That bitch was brutal. And I loved it. Um, but it could have gone fi- at least a good five minutes less. And Shane still can't throw a punch to save his entire family's fucking life. Uh, Kevin Owens Jericho felt like a letdown because you have this amazing buildup that you have, and this is what we get. The uh, Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, Naya match was whatever. It could it it this needed to be at least fifteen minutes, fifteen or twenty minutes long. But the same thing, once Nia was eliminated, I didn't care anymore. And then once Sasha was gone, I did I really didn't care about anything after that. Uh, this would have been better if Bailey did not have the title going into this. If Charlotte still had the title, and then Bailey got her WrestleMania moment of winning the title, this would have been so much better. Like I said, the Fatal 4-Way tag match was whatever. This was just all about the Hardys. Couldn't care less about anybody else that was in it. Sorry, guys. Uh, Cena and Nikki Bella. Look. I'm going to sound like a hater. I don't care. This was dumb. When something like this, which is supposed to be a heartfelt moment, is telegraphed so far in advance, I don't care. Like, none of this all felt very fake. It was convoluted, you know, like, I know they were trying to make, like, a new age macho man, Miss Elizabeth, and this wasn't it. Sorry. It's just not. And the match was garbage, too. Like, I understand that Nikki Bella was is injured and stuff like that, but, yeah, this is bullshit. Sorry. Seth Rollins versus Triple H, another self-indulgent Triple H match as, uh... Andreas Hale says on the Corner Podcast, um, this was, you know, Triple H being Triple H, 
because Triple H has to make sure Triple H is at the forefront of all things. Uh, so, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, this was dumb. Sorry. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg was, you know, is better than I expected it to be, you know, but really wasn't anything. I didn't, I really wasn't interested in the shit going into it. I'm really not interested in the results after it. It is what it is. The SmackDown women's match. Yo, this was garbage. I was there. Like, I was, I'm here for any time Naomi gets to do a dope-ass intro. And that was probably the best intro that she's had so far. Now, everything else about this match was trash. They got five minutes and 35 seconds. The shortest, no, the second shortest match on the entire damn show. Brock Lesnar and Paul and uh, Go- versus Goldberg was four minutes and forty-five seconds, and they got five minutes and thirty-five for six women. Everybody got a spot, but it was still like, "Yo, this is stupid." You- they should have had more time. And I do kind of like I was one of those people that was like, "Yo, they need to be on the main card." But now, look, if they aren't going to get the amount of time that they need to get to tell a story that they need to get. Keep them on the prelim show. Let them shine there because a ton of people are still going to watch there. Then Roman Reigns versus Taker. I don't like seeing The Undertaker wrestle anymore. Not because of some nostalgia thing and I don't want to see him get get beat. No, I just don't want to see an old man do something that his body very clearly can no longer handle. So seeing this, like, it was tw- a 23-minute match. When it very easily could have only been about 10 minutes. Like, at the, the last part of that match, like, was depressing. Seeing Undertaker wander about the ring, not in the right space, and Roman had to reposition himself to get that double spear, which the double momentum spear is a really dope move. Like, have that be his killer move, and I'd be happy as hell. But yeah, that was, this was a fucking depressing way to end WrestleMania. Um, just... Just, yeah, <laughs> that was a lot to deal with. Uh, and especially after this was like in the seventh hour, like this is a lot going on. So anyhow, uh, TakeOver was the day before. Um, it was dope. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Sanity versus uh, Ty Dillinger, Cassius. No, I will not call him that. Chris Hero and Ruby Riot. I will call her Ruby Riot because that's a dope ass name. And Roddy Strong, a.k.a. Generic Creator Wrestler number four. Uh, was a good match, you know? Like, everybody got their shit in. And it wasn't like one of those weird gimmicky intergender matches where they're like, yo, you know, the woman can't be in here at all. Like, it felt, all of this felt natural. Um, Alistair Black versus Andre Andrade Siena Almas. Dope match. It was short. But it gave us everything that we needed to see. Alistair Black, dope as fuck. Like, I know people are still kind of getting used to the name because they can't say Tommy, Tommy, Tommy fucking end. But pretty soon, it will be Allie, Allie, Allie fucking Black. So, tranquilo. <laughs> Especially when you've got Andrade Cien Almas, who is a star. I he, When they finally figure out the gimmick to go with, because I think they're going for a whole party guy thing right now once they figure him out the sky's gonna be the limit for him good looking dude 
dope as hell in the ring. Just charismatic as hell and has a dope move set. Like the tranquilo that he hits it when he uh, in the ropes, just perfect, perfect. Office of Pain, DIY, The Revival. The Revival can have a fire fucking match with any damn body. I am convinced of this now. Like, I know a lot of folks will say, like, DIY were the reason. No. The Revival are the real damn deal. Like, the fact that they can make the Office of Pain, you know, be the sympathetic people in the match, like, awesome. And DIY did their thing as well. Like, this was just a really good match. Uh, Asuka versus Ember Moon. Probably, that's in my top three matches of the weekend. It was dope as hell. Like... I know some people kind of complain about it, but look, if we're going to get mega heel Asuka, I'm all about it. To Whereas, you know, eventually Ember Moon takes the title off her. I am A-OK with it because this was dope as hell. And then Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I I really couldn't, really couldn't get this. Like, it, it was, uh, Bobby Roode does nothing for me. Nothing whatsoever. Like, he is, if... Somebody was like, hey, let's make a Triple H clone, but take away all of the charisma. And take away some of the cooler offense. And you'd have Bobby Roode. You know? And when you're, going, when you're in there against somebody like Shinsuke Nakamura, who is a charismatic monster, like, it's just not gonna... It's just... You're not gonna look good by comparison. So... You know, it was Shinsuke's last match in NXT. You know, it was the great goodbye. And, and, you know, when we got to see him on SmackDown on Tuesday, it was I marked out hard, too. When, when the violin guy came out, the moment I heard that, I, I was like, well, you know what? I have completely forgotten about that meh match that they had. I mean, the, the finish of the match was kind of cool. The whole uh, tornado Semi-tornado DDT into the spike DDT was pretty cool. But I, I just... Bobby Roode does nothing for me. Sorry. <laughs> and then finally, on to the interview portion. I had a conversation prior to uh, WrestleMania and TakeOver with Heel Doors, a.k.a. Joshua Ganyan. Like, that's my boy. Uh, we had an ill-fated uh, podcast attempt that we tried before, but we're on there all the time talking to each other. Uh, we talked about a bunch of things. The usual stuff that I talk, usual questions that I have for my friends on here, as well as we kind of talked about TakeOver and WrestleMania. So, see what we got right, see what we got wrong. So, I hope you enjoy it. All right. I am here with Heel Doors or Joshua. I want to say it's Ganyon. That's pretty close. Ganyan. Ganyan. All right. Yeah. Of Wrestling Incorporated. You guys know him, might have known him previously from his work at Cage Sides and other parts of the internet and such. So, how you been, man? I'm doing pretty good. How have you been? It's been a little I, while. Yes, yes, it has been a while <laughs> from our ill fated uh, attempt at a podcast <laughs> last time. <laughs> I don't know if we should fill people in on that one or not, so we can just... Might as well, yeah. So we were going to... Uh, we had a concept for a podcast called... Uh, damn, I forgot already. 
double cross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything was cool. And we go to record the first podcast and it only record Josh. <laughs> so <laughs> just, you know, the magic of technology and the internet. It was great stuff. Great stuff. It was. It sounded funny too because it would just be like I, I would ask you how 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 would a SmackDown sound? And dead, sil- dead silence for four minutes. Then me just laughing randomly. <laughs> fun times. Fun times. So yeah. So me and Josh have been you know Twitter pals and such for a while now, and go back and forth on the internet about a lot of things, uh, whether it be like ridiculous all the ridiculous like cells that you know happen in pro wrestling or you know our love for naomi or a great many things <laughs> so so what's what are you what are you into right now as far as wrestling like what's your favorite thing going on right now um favorite thing i mean honestly it's probably smackdown it's uh, which is probably lame, but I mean, the thing is, when when you cover wrestling and you write about it all the time, I feel like I I don't watch as much wrestling. I don't get to you know, if it was up to me, I would love to start at you know uh, the first uh, you know at first episode of uh, Shakara. You know, I'd like to go back and watch that whole. You know, I've never really caught on to that, but I'd love to watch that. Right. So it's like there's you know you know New Japan and pro wrestling. There's things that I would love to watch that I don't really get to. Um, pay as close attention to as I'd want to. Um, like I, I cover Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT for Wrestling Inc. So it's like those are the shows I tend to just focus on because you know that's that's what sells. So yeah, uh, but probably you know SmackDown. That's why I, I actually look forward to that show pretty much every week. Same here. Yeah, like it's and just this, the fact that there's this, a, the sheer amount of professional wrestling that we have access to now has been. This is the most that we've ever been. At, that we've ever had ever like you know i remember back as a kid you know you in the united states all you had was wcw wwf and you know if say for instance like you didn't have cable or something like that then you only had wcw uh since it would go on tbs and it's like now you've got you know of course there's the big you know wwe uh impact if you have you know pop or whatever it's on uh, pop, yeah, pop. <laughs> Ring of Honor. If you've got Sinclair, but nobody has Sinclair. No. Uh, and then just online, all of the different like sites that you can stream with Flow Slam and you know New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like it's just like God damn, there's so much. And then so just much. so much. And then on the WWE side, like there's just so much programming that they have that's in ring. And then on top of that, the other stuff that you have, I was like, I forgot which events it was. I want to say it was Royal Rumble when I like sat there and I like tried to break down how just how much content they had. And I was like, holy shit. Like there is per, you know, so you've got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. Then you've got an hour or so of 205 Live. Then there's Talking Smack for about 30 minutes. Then you've got NXT the next day, and it's like that's a lot to consume. It's enough. You know? that, that alone is enough. I mean, that alone, right. most people aren't. You know, most people aren't going to watch that. I mean, with NXT, it's you know, especially on Twitter, it's it's a ghost town. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's only like three people watching it. So, yeah. I mean, people can't really consume all that, and that's just with WWE. Like you said, with all the streaming services out there, it's 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 daunting. It's crazy how. 
I mean, you look at like a company like Russell Circus, they've been around seven, eight months and they already have a, a on-demand service. They have the iPay-per-view going, you know, and they, they just, they promotions, if they have money and they know what they're doing and they get backing, you know, they're real popular on Reddit and it's like, they can get going in a hurry, yeah. you know, you know, so there's just so much stuff out there that's, you know, that you can take in right now as a wrestling fan. Yeah. But as you like, just like you said, SmackDown is the one that I actually listen to. SmackDown and Talking Smack are like the two things that I actually like really look forward to every week uh, in pro wrestling, especially with WWE. Do you watch uh, Talking Smack live still? Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, I, see, and the I thing is, like, <laughs> the only reason that I watch uh, two hundred five live is just to get <laughs> just to get to uh, Talking Smack because I'll forget that it's going to come on. So. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, if it wasn't so good, I wouldn't, you know, like, yeah, I used to make a hat. Like if I, if I didn't get home on like on a Monday, I had to be home by eight o'clock so I can watch raw. And now I'm just like, I really, I couldn't care less. You know, <laughs> if I get there, I get there. It's just, but yeah, with raw, SmackDown, raw is like, like work. Raw feels kind of like work when I'm watching. Yeah. And then once you get through it, it's like, okay, now here's the fun stuff. And we get to watch SmackDown. And, right. And know, it's and three it's, damn hours. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's, that's not going to go away. So it's kind of one of those things where it's just, you know, that they're, just, they make too much money and they're right. not going to, you know, they're not going to get rid of it. So, yeah. And then like, I completely understand the money portion of it. For me, like the biggest gripe is like, you've got three hours, but you don't use the three hours in the most efficient way possible, you know, like you could have, you have all this talent. that's just kind of like, you know, doing nothing. It's like, you could add, make some interesting stuff here. You know, you could add some more two or five live matches or give them more time or, you know, have Alicia Fox spray more perfume in her mouth. Some, <laughs> some such nonsense. Call people rude. I don't like your face. That yeah. was great. <laughs> well, maybe at this point too, we need, you know, I mean, we're right at the point where we have another draft at some point. And, you know, I think maybe you just need to freshen up the shows a little bit, get a couple, a couple of people, you know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and maybe that'll help raw out, you know, and I mean, in raw, like they, you know, with WrestleMania, they get all the part-timers. It's like, they got all the big stars and they, they supposedly got the, the big, you know, the big matches, quote unquote, or they would maybe hook the casual fans. And it's like, it's still, their shows are kind of, you know, it's definitely better. I don't want to like bash raw. I usually, when I review it, most people are commenting that, you know, I'm nuts for, you know, how the rating, you know, how high of a rating I give raw, but I mean, you know, it's still, it's still up and down, but it has been much more watchable over the last month or two. Yeah. Like it has, I think they started to realize, Oh shit. You know, we, have to compete with SmackDown. Like Smack, it, this is just like it was back in the day when SmackDown had you know Eddie Guerrero and you know like they had the best talents in the company and the best stories and the best in ring action. It's like people, more people are excited for us. They're like, okay, we kind of have to make Raw competitive, you know, uh, in some way, shape, or form. So. Yeah, and I think they're getting there. I think they're getting there. I mean, you yeah. know, there are things with like Kevin Owens, they brought him back around. So he is, you know, so entertaining. I mean, I've almost enjoyed him and Jericho fighting more than being friends, which I didn't think that would have been possible. Right. You know, yeah. so I, but I think just maybe bringing in a couple of new people, just doing a couple of trades. I think that that would help just kind of freshen things up a little bit. Definitely. And so for me, one of the things that I would, that I kind of want to happen, like, 
I loved 205, like uh, the Cruiserweight Classic. Fucking fantastic. One of the best things that the WWE's done in a long time. But 205 Live, like, I would not be opposed to them just killing 205 Live off. And having the Cruiserweights have met, like, have it just like it was back in the day. So, like, you could be the Cruiserweight champion, but you could still wrestle the rest of the, you know, the roster. And, like, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot, making it to whereas the two of, you know, cruiserweights can only, you know, wrestle cruiserweights. Because it's like, you know, if you're going to do the whole weight class thing, like, do that with everybody. Like, you know, yeah, they, the, the big show on Braun Strowman shouldn't be able to, <laughs> to <laughs> it shouldn't be able to wrestle somebody half their size, you know? So, yeah. And, I mean, with the 205 Live, I mean, I was just looking at it, and it's like they, you know, they only have so many people that are really over right Right. now i mean and especially with raw they have to be really careful with who they bring on because if they do those tag team matches or six-man matches and you bring in drew gulak and it's just like those they they die they always die and even if they're good they just people don't care about that stuff you have to do the promos title match you know like rich swan and neville that was a great match you know with austin aries and neville going back and forth um you know they just they have to be really careful because they only have so many guys that are really over and especially guys that that i mean i was looking at their heel roster yeah i mean it's neville and then yeah, that's it yeah <laughs> i mean you have davari you have kendrick but they don't really get much of a response right you know, and like Gulak, are, tony Nese, no like nothing. davari is basically you know he is the he is jobber supreme <laughs> he and lince dorado uh, you know they just can't win but like, and but that's the thing. So that's one of the things that has been a gripe for me with WWE for a long time is they have made their fan base the way that it is. Like this is, you know, decades of basically pruning the audience to react a certain way to certain things. So now they're kind of stuck. So you can't just, you know, introduce a new person and they can be awesome. People aren't going to care. You have to give them a, you know, you have to have run stuff for three, four months out that, oh, so-and-so is showing up and they're going to be this. Like a lot of this stuff kind of feels like uh, WCW when Glacier appeared, you know, they ran those promos, <laughs> those Mortal Kombat ass promos <laughs> for the longest time. And then he showed up and we were just like, oh, <laughs> and it's kind of like the same thing here. It's like you guys, you know, you've made it to where you have to intro people like this. And if you know it wasn't that way you could introduce people and you know if they as long as they do great in the ring like mustafa ali for instance has He's you know great. the crowd are the crowd will back them as long as you allow them to tell their stories because of course you know we've seen a lot of these people since everybody in the cruiserweight division essentially was uh in the indies prior to the cruiserweight classic and we know what they can do in the ring but then it's like, you know, they have this neutered style in the WWE that, you know, it's it's going to it's going to be hard for a lot of people that, you know, can't cut promos because when you're on the indies, let's face it, you don't have to cut promos no. that often. <laughs> like you. Oh, OK, we're going to have Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. OK, well, they just show up and that's it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they show up, they do flippy shit, uh, you know, and then they tweet at each other after. So, like you don't have that luxury in the WWE. Like you have to be able to cut a promo. You have to be able to do this. You have to be. It's like, God damn. Like, 
And maybe they're just still figuring it out. I mean, that was one thing. I mean, Triple H, I mean, he's been interviewed a bunch of times this week, but one of them, he talked about how they're still trying to figure that division out. It's still very much a growing process. And, you know, they bring in guys and some guys work and some don't, you know, and it's just like over time, they will just find the guys that work with the crowd. Like you see like Tazawa, you know, he came out and the crowd pretty much loved him immediately. I mean, he just came out and started doing the ah thing (laughs) and that worked. And, you know, he's a great wrestler too. And so, I mean, that worked, but it's like some guys, it doesn't work. And it's just kind of like, it just feels like they just put them out there and they say if it works or not. And then they just go from there. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we, as a a lot of wrestling fans have to realize just because they're your favorite doesn't mean that they actually have to, you know, be headliners when they get to the big show. Like sometimes it's just not going to work out for them, whether it be, you know, style based or they just don't mesh well. Uh, with whatever organization that they're with, you know, like right. everybody comes in, you know, like everybody's like, oh, Sami Zayn is, you know, right now he keeps on losing and they're not doing anything with him. I was like, except they are, they are doing something with him. like he's still, he's still, you know, one of the bigger acts in the show just because he's not in, you know, doesn't have a title on him. Doesn't mean that he's not doing anything, you know, oh, he's been, I, 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 you know, I could constantly talk about him, um, and I feel like he's probably one of the more consistent performers since right. I, I started reviewing like in January, I think the beginning of January. And I constantly have him in the, you know, the you know, just I'm always glowing about him because it doesn't like you said, it doesn't matter if he's winning. He had a nice hot streak there for a while, but right. it's not about that. It's about being able to put over a Samoa Joe, you know, right. or making, you know, other guys look good. And and he just he constantly is you know, he consistently does well. And, you know, like, especially like with Stephanie McMahon always on his case, you know, you always feel bad for the guy and all, you know, those kind of scenes, they're entertaining. It's like, he doesn't have to be the face of the company. He just needs to, you know, kind of fill the gaps when he does amazingly. Right. Yeah. And you have to have, you have to have people at every level. You have to have people, you know, using the wrestling terminology, you have to have the jobbers and you have to have the lower mid card and the mid card and the upper mid card. And you have the top of the card guys. Like you have to have people at every single level. Cause if everybody was on a hot run at all times, then, you know, who's going to help them build. You know, that's just one of those things that I see it all the time, especially on, you know, the Twitter's Twitter and Facebook comments. So like Facebook comments are just the funniest damn thing to me. Cause like, you know, one, they're all most always just disgustingly rude if women are uh, on. And then if it's, you know, any guy on there, it's always some guy saying that John Cena is the best in the world ever or Randy Orton's the best in the world ever or they need to bring back CM Punk. They, you know, <laughs> need to bring back this person. And it's like, well, they can't just bring people back, <laughs> you know? Like, so on Facebook, I don't, I don't, I don't do Facebook or Instagram, but for like the wrestling, do you, is these, are these like your friends on Facebook or are these groups? No, so you... these are like groups or like, if you go on like, um, in most of the like wrestling groups or the two wrestling groups that I'm on, like I'm in the one for um, Ryan Satin's pro wrestling sheet, uh, which is a pretty, like they keep that community clean as hell. Uh, and then there's another one. I think it's yes, yes, yes. Um, and on those ones, it's pretty decent. You know, you have like-minded individuals for the most part, but then when you go on like the WWE's comments, oh, oh my God, <laughs> it, it's, all goes bad and they don't moderate whatsoever like it's just (laughs) it's ridiculous but yeah so like you'll just have like these people that are just like cm punk is the best ever they need to bring him back or you know you have all of these people that just kind of like 
They don't take anything into account as far as like whether people want to be back with the company, whether people can still wrestle, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, they're like, oh, you need to let Kurt Angle wrestle. And it's like, well, like he broke his neck first and foremost years ago. You know, he had a crippling addiction to painkillers. And like you have these people that have all this shit going and like pro wrestling fans are, you know, usually pretty greedy. And selfish, and they'll just be like, bring so-and-so back. And I was like, ah, oh, God, you guys are fuck the fucking worst. <laughs> just the fucking worst. But, um, yeah, <laughs> there's that. So what are you looking forward to most this uh, WrestleMania? Um, I don't I'm, I have the list in front of me. I mean, most interested? Uh, Jericho and Owens. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm interested in that. I mean, you know, it's kind of like some of the, I, I, that one. Um, I kind of am interested in, in styles and Shane now, because I feel like that they have a little chip on their shoulder just because people were so mad that that was kind of the matchup that styles got. Right. And, you know, I know it'll be what it, it is, I guess, you know, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see how they put that one together. Um, Orton, Wyatt, I mean, I, I'm curious about that one. I honestly, the, the outcome of that one is a little murkier than some of the other ones. So I'm kind of curious about that one. Yeah. Obviously, Aries and Neville, too. I mean, that one should be a barn burner. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I have a feeling they're going to steal the show. Um, and Vince will probably be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> be like the, the middle match in the pre show. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that one probably opened. That might open the show. No. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about. I think this one's supposed to be on the uh, pre-show, right? And it's gonna it's gonna open the pre-show. I would bet, mm. but I don't know. And Wikipedia has it second, which I mean, I don't know if their their lineup is necessarily accurate, but right. But um, yeah, those ones I'm I'm looking forward to. Can't say that. probably least is Goldberg Lesnar, hands down. Um, Goldberg I mean, Lesnar for me here. And, and, you know, you were talking about, like, you know, gripes in terms of WrestleMania. And, like, you know, overall, I'm not – like, I don't have too many gripes. But that one going on last, I'm I'm hoping that they don't do that. Yeah. I don't know if they are not. I don't know if that was made official. I don't think it was. But I don't want to see that last. Yeah. (laughs) Especially after, like, you know, like Wrestle Kingdom. It's like we don't don't want to compare the two because they're very different beasts. But, you know, with that, you know, they build towards something. And, you know, you kind of look forward to the end matches. And it's like that match, you know, there's going to be enough. There's going to be a lot of people who are looking forward to it. But, you know, for me, for the type of fan that I am, that that type of whatever that's going to be, I don't know if that's how I want to see it end. I would take take Wyatt Orton over that. I'd I'd take Undertaker Reigns over that. Hell, I take the I take the mixed tag match over that. I love that feud. <laughs> oh, so like that feud has been one of the best things ever, and like because it feels real, you know. Like, of course, you know there there is a sense of, or at least portion of portions of it are real, but you know it, it's those times in professional wrestling where I forget that I'm watching pro wrestling, and I'm just like, okay, these are two people that have a legitimate issue with, with each other. And that's what this feels like. And it's like, oh, so, so very refreshing. And The Miz has been body bagging. uh, (laughs) He has just been body bagging John Cena on the microphone for the past however many months. And, like, it's been funny to me because, like, a lot of folks are like, oh, my God, John Cena is just killing him on the microphone. It's like, are we watching the same show? Like, what what is this? And, you know, 
Yeah, but, I, I would say I was I was thinking it's if anything, I was leaning more towards it's been pretty even. I don't feel like, you know, I think Miz has had some of the better digs. I think Cena has been able to keep up with him. And, you know, Miz does the last two weeks anyways, he's had the benefit of being pre-taped. So, right. you know, they've been able to really figure out the jokes and what they want to do. We're seeing it kind of had to go out there and, you know, it's a little more live. I'm sure some of his stuff is ad-libbed. It sure feels like it when he talks. And yeah, but who do you who do you think is going to win that one? <sighs> the smart in me says that it's going to be um, <laughs> that it's going to be Cena and Nikki, but I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that they're going to go with Miz and Maurice, especially since John's going to be gone for a while. Uh, especially like later on this year, like is uh, doing whatever that show is that I don't watch uh, that he does, and Nikki's kind of up in the air as to whether she's going to, you know, continue wrestling for a while or not. Like, I know they said that she may uh, continue having dates after, but uh, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of I'm leaning towards um, Miz and Maurice on this one. So. Yeah, same, same, for the same reasons. I mean, if, you know, you should put over the people that are going to be around. Right. Um, you know, and I think that would really help Miz and Maurice. That would literally, um, I think, you know, I, we were just talking about people have roles, and Miz has been in that kind of upper mid-card role for quite a while now. Yeah. And it feels like it's time for him to go to the main event for a little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I think he should be champion at some point. Definitely. Um, you know, so it's like this could be kind of the, that last thing that kind of gets them up to the next level. And, yeah. uh, you know, in Cena and Nikki, I mean, if they end up doing the whole proposal thing anyways, that's all anyone's going to talk about with them. No one's going to yeah. care about the match. If they if they do that, that's just going to, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll be the news. So you might as well yeah. give it to Miz and Maurice. It would be dumb for Cena and Nikki to win. And then, oh, hey, by the way, let me propose to you on top, of that. on top of that. It would just yeah. too much. That would be just too much. Yeah, and like if it's a hard fought match, and you know Cena and Nikki end up losing, you know it'll be that much more emotional, right? That you know if he does propose, which I do kind of hate that that is the <laughs> that that seems like that's going to be the ultimate result of things because it's like it's so obvious, and they've been so obvious with all the talk about you know it's gonna be like okay, uh, my god, <laughs> but. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the uh, six-pack challenge. I hate that it's a six-pack challenge, but um, I don't know. I have a feeling that this is going to be a lot better than people think it's going to be. Uh, you know, we have people that can actually work pretty well this time around uh, in Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James. Like, you have all of these, and Naomi. Like, Naomi's grown leaps and bounds since, you know, just a year ago, she's just, just the glow up has been real. So yeah. um, I'm also looking, of course, you know, Neville Austin Aries. I'm really not looking forward that much to uh, Bray and Ort and uh, Orton. I'm really not. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, I, I think once it got to be, once it went from being, you know, creepy to being goofy, that's when I just kind of lost all interest in it. You know, <laughs> like when... Uh, when Orton turned and was like, I'm going to screw up. And I was like, okay, we could tell that Vince came up with that line. And, you know, like the burning down of the Wyatt compound was dope. Um, the, I, for me being an audio person, like the fact that they played the same audio track over and over again, as Orton did that just irked the hell out of me. But, um, and then once, you know, when Bray came back and, We've got like 
nine million uh, sheep mask people holding him down, and then he's got this weird cross. And it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It, it's lost. It fizzled lost a little bit at it's, the end there. Yeah, it fizzled. You know, I was like, okay, you guys had a had a nice run going, and you know, the one, the main thing that I've just been happy about has been Luke Harper getting, you know the showcase that he deserves because that motherfucker is probably the one of the best workers in the company right now. And he doesn't wear the white shirt anymore. You know, he's actually got a, a black uh, tank top now. So I was like, all right. And some jeans that fit properly. So. Well, I wonder you know, what they're going to do. I mean, he, you know, I, I, I put the, you know, he, obviously he's been, you know, moved up the roster with the storyline, but as of late, it feels like he's kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. Just because yeah. it's like that, like he was in the main event, which was great. I mean, he, he obviously he wasn't going to beat the champion just clean, but it was right. kind of a you know he got handled pretty well and then just put aside. Right. And it's like he's not scheduled for a match, and I, maybe he'll get involved in the championship match, and that'll you know propel him towards a, a new feud. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, he definitely deserves more. I mean, he's he's talked about being you know a backup dancer on the Wyatt family, and right. that, you know how bitter he was that he wasn't on WrestleMania. You know, and that could be just character, but it felt more like he was being honest that it, you know he he really wanted to be a bigger part of the show, and you know maybe he still will be. Yeah, but um, I mean, uh, you know, it's been a, a overall, it's been a great story. I mean, yeah, the ending has been kind of weird. I don't know how many times these guys are going to go back to the crime scene. I mean, they just keep going back, <laughs> they just keep going back there. It's like guys, leave it alone. But they, you know, for the overall story, I think it's been you know really fun to watch. You know, fans, yeah. we always talk about like we would like to see longer stories, and this one's been going around since I think like August, maybe September. Yeah, I mean, this has been a very long story, and it it almost feels like. To for some closure, I don't really know who I want to win. I like Bray as champion, but I feel like almost for the story, like Orton needs to win this. Right. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but uh, yeah, no, I could I can see that. Um, with the story, I could definitely see. I could lean towards uh, Orton winning this one. Like, and for me, I, like I want to see a new Wyatt family. Like, I don't want to see Eric Rowan and Luke Harper come back. You know. Like I would, for me, if you know Eric Rowan will come back eventually, if him and if he and Luke Harper end up uh, together on a team, put them in the tag team division because SmackDown's tag team division is kind of eh right now. Yeah. And like I would like to see Bray, you know, whether they bring up some new people from NXT or what have you, you know, and recreate and you know, new blood. Got to get Bow in there. I mean, we gotta get Bow in there. We gotta get Bow in there. Like that has been one of the crimes against pro wrestling the past few years. And like I understand that they want to be their own separate people, but they would just kill it. Like that would be amazing. So yeah, I don't know. He's got the beard. I mean he he showed up on Raw and he's got oh he he's got a solid beard going there. So and uh, was it they had like the show when they showed clips from the Marine Park seventy two or whatever it is that uh, <laughs> and you know they had him in like the biker outfit. I was like, oh shit, Bo Dallas actually looks kind of menacing. <laughs> but yeah, if they brought him back as Bo Wyatt, that would be dope. You know, because he's just he was just floundering. You know, like yeah, he, he just uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, what else am I looking forward onto this card? One thing I want to bring up with Orton, I was actually, you know, part of the other thing with Orton is not only is it storyline, but I feel like it's been a while since he's had kind of a really good WrestleMania. Right. Um, I mean, it, literally, I, I actually took notes because I was curious. I was like, oh, I don't really remember his 
what he, you know, last year he was injured, so he wasn't even in uh-huh. it. Yeah. Year before, he had that random grudge match against Rollins. You know, he right. had the cool, he threw him up in the air and RKO'd him. That was cool. But, yeah, you yeah. know, that was more about Rollins where the fans would forget about him, so he would go on and do his thing later on. Right. Um, main event in 30, but he put over Daniel Bryan. That was kind right. of, that was all Bryan. 29, lost to The Shield. 28, lost to Kane. Mm. <laughs> 27, mm. he beat. Punk, and it was kind of like a middle-of-the-card match. Yeah. Um, 26, triple threat match. He beat Rhodes and DiBiase <laughs> in <Wow>. that whole legacy. <laughs> <laughs> 25, he main evented, and he was the challenger, but he lost to Triple H, who was the champion at the time. Right. So 24 was, was where I stopped because he went into WrestleMania as the champion, and he beat both Cena and Triple H for the WWE Championship. Yeah. So it's kind of like... I don't know. I feel like he's kind of been just kind of doing his thing and putting over people and, you know, doing his part as a veteran, but maybe now it's time for him to get, you know, his moment after, you know, going through this story. Yeah. And also he's, this has probably been the longest run of really great matches that he had in like forever. Like the match that he had against AJ Styles a few weeks ago was just, you know, for a random episode of, well, not random since it's close to WrestleMania, but you know, that was just a dope match where it wasn't like the same because all too often, like the gripe that people have and my, myself included with Orton is is just kind of feels like he's going through the motions. Yeah. And with this feud, everything's kind of felt fresh because he's got new people to work with and a new character, per se. Of course, he's still the Viper, but, you know, new aspects to the character. And yeah, like it's this is the first time in a long time that I've actually been like, you know what? I'm kind of looking f- like I'm looking forward to Orton matches, although I'm not really super interested in the, in this match in Wyatt and Orton, but I am interested in like the outcomes and what can come from. And I think, you know, another reason if Orton wins the title, then, you know, that could maybe lead to more AJ Orton. You yeah. know, I know they're talking about maybe AJ going to raw, but it won't be immediate. Right. And their match, I felt like, there could have been more, you know, it was a great match, but I felt like they, they, they left some, they pulled back a little bit and I could, you know, I could see them having a, some sort of feud, you know, style still being bitter that, you know, he didn't go for the title at WrestleMania. So maybe I could see those two going at it. And, you know, I would actually really enjoy that feud too. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the thing- who did you, who do you have for the uh, six pack challenge? Who did you for the six for pack challenge? Uh, I mean, the obvious choice is Naomi. But then again, you know what? So what's the whole thing? You don't win in your uh, hometown. So I'm gonna say it's either going to be Alexa Bliss or the underdog uh, Natalia, because Natalia's been around forever, hasn't had a champion, has not oh, had her championship God. moment. <laughs> and, that would be. <laughs> and right now, she's probably the best heel uh, that they have going in the women's in the SmackDown women's division. Uh, Over like, Alexa. Over Alexa, yeah, because like Alexa is so Alexa's a great is great on the mic, but like Natalia is she plays that crazy cat like a crazy annoying cat lady so well, <laughs> like she is annoying. That is when true. she just when she just comes out of nowhere and it's just like, are you you know she'll run off at the mouth about how she's the best and she's like, are you following my cats on Instagram though? That to me is one of the <laughs> just one of the best things. And of course, like. Alexa, for me, Alexa is the best all-around character um, because 
you know, of course, like Becky Lynch is a pretty decent character too, but you know, for me, she still doesn't have that completely polished aspect to her character. Uh, and in the ways that like Alexa bliss and say like a Mickey James has been around forever. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I would not be s- surprised if Natalia wins this one. That's an interesting pick. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I, I was thinking Naomi or Alexa and then Alexa and Naomi would do like a one-on-one match and then Naomi could win the title back. I could definitely see that. Yeah. You know, just to kind of extend that feud a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see Naomi back. Uh, good to see her get it. She gets good crowd reaction too. That's the cool thing. You know, yeah. now she's actually getting steady reactions. You know, the injury was like almost a blessing in disguise for her. Kind of give yeah. her that little more of a, I don't want to say a sympathy cheer, but it's like, you know, people are cheering, really cheering her on now. Right. And then also she uh, like, so her offense looked amazing uh, on Tuesday as well. Like, yeah, I've been one of those people for the longest time. I hate butt uh, oriented <laughs> offense. Um, but this time, like it looked like it had impact. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, and like, she is hands down the most athletic woman that they have on the roster right now. She like, she's up there with one. Well, let me not say roster because uh, Charlotte, um, but those two are neck and neck for me as far as like athleticism goes. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> also lo- I'm looking forward to Jericho Owens as well, because it's Jericho and Owens like, between it's it's between those two, it's between Jericho and Owens and Neville and Austin Aries for the two matches that are going to steal the show. Like, the, I don't really expect the Triple H Rollins match to be anything memorable. Like, they're gonna have some cool or brutal looking like spots, but yeah, I don't really expect it to be anything that we're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is you know a five star match that was no. better than you know. Is, uh, is it bad that I think Triple H is gonna win that? No, I don't. I, I expect it to happen, you know. Like, and for me, you know, one Rollins is injured, so for him to win, for him to lose, it would be for me. It would be believable. And then, of course, you know, it's Triple H as the internet says, so he's gonna bury everybody that he can. <laughs> Bringing that joke back, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, before the end of the year, Triple H will have all the belts, all the women's belts, awesome. all the belts. Internet so. champion, he'll go find Ryder. Yep, yep. But I could see it because I could see if he won, you know, under you know using devious tactics and all that, and you know it could extend the the feud really, and then they could eventually get to the point where Rollins is healthy and he could say, you know, you beat me in that match, but you can't beat me, you know, in a traditional match one on one, and of course that'll get Triple H all hot and bothered, and you know, so they could they could extend it, you know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Rollins ends up winning it, but. I think long term, you, you could really extend this feud out. This could be like a, a just multi year feud, you know, yeah. between these two. Definitely. Um, I'm actually. I like, looking we haven't, I like that we haven't even talked about. I mean, Ambrose Corbin. Nope, we're not talking about it. It's, well, they didn't give him a gimmick match, which is weird. I thought for sure they were going to get some sort of gimmick because of the whole like the not using the forklift, but you know, it was a brutal kind of feud. Like these two have been going after each other and. I thought they would incorporate something. It's just kind of this, like, it's going to be a forgotten match now because they didn't really. I wouldn't be surprised if they add a stipulation the day of. They should. Yeah. Whether it's like a a backstage boiler room, whatever it is, like, would not be surprised if they add that on like an hour before the show. Oh, breaking news. It's going to be such and such (laughs) match. Um, The one, so. I am when it comes to Triple H and Rollins. So 
I, this is my crazy smart brain working here. And I actually see this as, uh, since it seems that Triple H, uh, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens are going to have a faction in the near future. So I would not be surprised if, if, uh, if Finn Balor comes down, interferes to help Rollins win. Like, say if, uh, you know, if Samoa Joe comes out to help Triple H. And I wouldn't be surprised if Finn Balor comes down, helps out Rollins, Rollins wins. And then somewhere along the line, those two uh, team up and maybe create, you know, like a Bullet Club 2.0 or 3.0 at this point type thing. So, you know. I like it. I like like, it. Yeah. And, you know, especially since – because the thing is, like, with when um, Finn Balor got injured, like, it wasn't like it was a – there wasn't any, like, malice between Baylor and Rollins. So it was like it would kind of make sense for these two to uh, come back. You know, they both had injuries and, you know, both seemed to be getting screwed over by um, Triple H kind of thing. Like, it, I, I could see it happening. So looking, I'm hoping that we get something similar to that. But, you know, I would – I don't expect this to be like a shitty type blow-off type thing uh, in the way that some things have been in the past. So, yeah, you're you're speaking of uh, injuries. Remember last year, the injuries were like out of control for WrestleMania. I mean, the Cena, Rollins, Orton, yep. Harper, Neville, Cesaro, and then sting, Nikki Bella, Tyson Kidd, and Daniel Bryan retired. Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. Yeah. That really, that really shifted the card last year. So it's good to see, you know, a majority of those people are, Healthy, yeah. Or back. Yeah, should be pretty good though. Um, let me see. Is there anything else that I'm interested? Are you watching in? a takeover? Of course. I'm gonna like even if it's not like I'm not super excited about any of the matches. I'm still gonna watch takeover because they always end up being pretty good matches. Like Ember Moon and Oscar are going to put on a good match. Uh, the tag team title match. That's gonna be. All three of those teams have great chemistry with each other so this is going to be you know flame emojis as they say on the internet and so um and it's nakamura i mean that'll always be fun i mean yeah, he's, like, you know and, and he, they you know him and rude that should be a great match you know um i'm guessing rude would win that one probably like i have a feeling wow there's only five matches on takeover too yeah wow. they're gonna sneak in one or two there yeah but uh yeah so um, leaning towards Rude winning this one, I expect Nakamura to get called up like the day after or in the coming weeks after uh, WrestleMania. Um, because he's done, he has done essentially everything that he can do, um, in NXT as it is now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now, I'll be curious where they put him if they decide to put him on Raw or if they put him on SmackDown. Yeah, definitely could be interesting. Like for me, he's since he's like such a big character, I would expect them to put him on raw, but yeah, you know, I want to see Nakamura, AJ styles. So that has to happen. Yeah, if they move styles time. over Nakamura and the fins there yeah. too. I mean, they have so many matches that are just going to be right. Cause you know, just the simple fact that smack that raw or SmackDown does so well with the talent that they have, even if you take styles away, and, you know, say you bring over, well, I guess since uh, 
yesterday the the drifter uh, lost to Chris Hero. <laughs> I refuse to call him Cashier. I don't know. Sorry. Um, since he mo- since he's banned from NXT, I- I'm assuming he's going to end up going to uh, SmackDown. So, you know, if he if if Nakamura went to Raw and then they do bring over uh, AJ Styles, I'd be a okay with that because Raw needs the shit so bad. <laughs> they need that shit. So, uh, yeah. I- I'm still going to watch TakeOver, but, you know, not, like, over the moon interested in it like I have been in previous years, you know? No, yeah, I know. This definitely – this one's lacked a little bit. Although, you know, there's – not to say that there won't be great matches. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing Aleister Black. Like, I've been – you know, his promos have been great, and I feel like that's a character that if they really – you know, they really focus on, I think they can make something special out of him. Definitely, yeah. Like, it's – for me, it feels like – because, you know, with the whole demon thing and, uh, like, the tattoos that he has, you know, this is like, okay, this is how they should have handled Finn Balor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it works much better, you know, because he's Tommy fucking in. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that, like, that's going to be a good match, too, because I, I know p- people gave uh, Cian almost a l- lot of flack because for the longest time like he couldn't we didn't know exactly what his character was and he, you know he's trying to be a baby face while coming out as a stripper and it was like yeah it's not right like that that'll work in mexico but no that's not gonna work here <laughs> so uh, you know now that he actually has a character and his heel work has been just on fire so yeah like that's gonna be a dope match and i'm Looking forward to that one. So, you know, should still it'll be a, a nice way to start out the WrestleMania week, you know, weekend rather. But yeah. So yeah, let's see. So what else do we talk about on Twitter? Oh yes, cells. <laughs> oh, I love cells. I love. I love. That's why I, 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 as you know, I post a lot of gifs. That's like my thing. Yeah. And uh, I love the old school cells. Yes. They are so because back then they didn't really, you know, obviously they knew how to bump, but they didn't have it down to the science, maybe to, you know, you could say that they do now. So sometimes guys would take liberties with it and they are just the best things. They are just the best (laughs) to see a guy get kicked and he will just shoot himself straight out of the ring from a kick, you know, from a, from a, like a regular ass kick, like a, a run of the mill kick to the gut and he will fly off. Like he got super kicked by Shawn Michaels after coming off the top of like, <laughs> because you don't see that now. So it's, it's, nah. it's cool to be able to go back and try to find, you know, I love finding older stuff just cause you don't, you don't see it as often. And, you know, obviously like Terry Funk was classic with that. I mean, he'd get, you know, popped in the face and he would be suddenly be delirious and go out into the crowd and just start walking around out there, you know, want right. to fight fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's like, obviously they don't do that stuff anymore, but that, that, you know, that kind of stuff is great. So I love, I love oversells, you know, that, and the that way that just... they didn't know how anatomy worked back in the day was like the best thing. <laughs> like, so that one gift that you posted the other day where they did an atomic drop. <laughs> and he held the top of his head. <laughs> That that GIF took off. That one, people oh, yeah. were oh my, I, you know, and, and you know, I just I post whatever I think is funny. Usually, I just post absurd things, and for and and that one caught me off guard. Like I didn't think much of it. I just was like, oh, that was like a really weird 
like what what the hell is that and and oh man that one took off and that one actually got um it, it, it stretched out to where uh Cassius Ono saw it and he ended up following me after that like he like retweeted it or liked it and then followed me and so it was just like that thing just went out yeah and like a, a couple like old school wrestlers or people that have been around the business for a long time like actually chimed in and you know gave reasoning as to like why some people did and it was like still that doesn't make any sense when you think about anatomy like it just doesn't <laughs> like if you land on your tailbone the top of your head does not hurt it does not hurt <laughs> People were like, no, it like it rattled up. It rattled all the way to the top of his head. And <laughs> just a fucking slinky, like what the hell? Like Yeah, no. But like old school cells of just like going back and like watching old wrestling. Cause like the level of like I remember once on Twitter, like I said something dumb. Like I said like that they didn't have high level athletes in professional wrestling back in the day. I was obviously wrong in that, you know, because you had tons of Division One wrestlers, so on and so forth. But the level of athleticism that they that we have now is what I meant to say. And you know, you didn't ha- when you have like these dudes that are shaped like you know beer kegs, they're not for the most part going to be able to do all this crazy stuff that we have now. I and mean, that's why you have, you know, Vader on Twitter talking about you know how he hates flippy shit. And then, like, the next minute saying that he's going to die in three months. Three months has gone by and he's still here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. But, you know, old, watching old school wrestling. Because, like, watching old school American wrestling and then watching old school Japanese wrestling, you see, like, stark differences. Because, like, you know, old school Japanese wrestling, these dudes are just essentially fighting each other. You know? <laughs> like, yep. like I-, I watched this stuff. I was like, like that, he didn't pull that punch at all. Like and he just ate all of it. What? Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> like and, you know, it was you know they, you know, striking was important. Selling, making your guy look, your opponent look really good was important. So you would do what's necessary. And you know, sometimes guys would go a little over over the top. You know, it reminds me of like uh, when Shawn Michaels fought uh, Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. You know, and yes. he, you know, like that. That whole thing he did that as a joke, but that's you know some of those moves. That's actually what guys would do back then, just because that's yep. you know they're trying to get their opponent over and they're trying to get a reaction out of the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like of course, like that match. I remember when I watched it. That was to me was absolutely hilarious because, and you could just see the look in Hogan's face of like, I hate you so much. Right now. <laughs> So, but yeah, like watching like a lot of old school stuff. Like I go back and watch like on the network old WCW things, and like I'm, I was like, why did I watch this as a kid? Why, why did I think that this was the coolest thing ever? Because <laughs> some of this stuff is just so dumb. Like, of course, like when we think of it in our heads, nostalgia, you know, is essentially like the rose-colored glasses. And I kind of like, man, that match was amazing. And then I go back and watch, and I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> And we usually we remember the best moments too. So right. if you actually go back and start watching episode, you know, episode by episode, you start to catch all the stuff that was in between. Right. And you're just like, man, I sat through this for like a couple of years. What? Right. I watched right. these things. I mean, it's just like you know, you watch a streak of episodes that are just garbage, and you just wonder what? Why was I watching this? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, for every like Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage, we had a Bastion Booger match. You know, or for every every. <laughs> Austin versus Rock match. We had fucking Quang or the oddities that would show up. And it's just like, why did I think this stuff was so cool? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) goodness. So, 
But yeah. So what are you looking forward to most post WrestleMania? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. I, cause I'm so, I've been so focused on mania. I haven't even really thought about the after, I mean, you know, part of it, it's kind of like a lot of these guys are going to bounce, you know, yeah. you won't see Goldberg, you won't see taker. Um, but I mean, for me, I think it's mostly about trying to freshen up the product. So I'm curious about who they're going to call up, um, you know, and see where they go with that. Um, I guess that, that, cause I really I actually really haven't even thought about that. I'm just so, you know, you, when you get into the road to WrestleMania, you're just so focused on that, that at least I am, I, I'm not much of a fantasy booker. I don't really like to go out, you know, beyond what, what I'm watching. I tend to be more of a, I watch it and just kind of observe and then just talk about what, 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 what whatever went on. So I don't know. What about you? What are you, anything jumping out? Um, I'm interested to see what happens with Finn Balor since he's back wrestling matches and so on and so forth. I want to interested to see where Shinsuke Nakamura goes. Um, the introduction of Ruby Riot or Heidi Lovelace to NXT has been pre- uh, an interesting one because she is a crazy person and bumps like a crazy person. So I'm interested to see how they handle her, you know, because she's got a different look. And they have a crazy person, so uh, it'll be funny to see how they separate her from Nikki Cross. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously there's differences, but I mean they're going to have to make sure that there's very specific differences between the crazy, right? Different levels of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you know, just like the basic stuff of where certain people go to. Um, like we said earlier, like what happens with the Wyatt family after. Um, you know, like a lot of it, I'm just ready for certain things to end. You know, I'm tired of seeing like certain feuds that have kind of like been going on for too long that didn't really have anything interesting. Like, I'm going to be happy to see Goldberg, Lesnar to not happen anymore. Hopefully it doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I, I want Roman Reigns to actually get a decent uh, program. Because like, I understand what they're trying to do to give him the rub uh, with the with Taker, but like Taker's one of the most beloved characters in WWE history, if not the most beloved character in WWE history. So like, you know, whatever they th- I, they think they're gonna get, I have a feeling that it's gonna <laughs> they're not gonna get the reaction that they want. <laughs> but you know, this is the WWE as it is currently. You know, they just want a reaction. So as long as they're getting a reaction, they're happy with the reaction. So. How long do you think uh, Nia Jax will be Raw Women's Champion? Not long, <laughs> at all. <laughs> like I'm, a, I'm a realist about that. Like, like I don't expect her to hold on to that at long at all. Like I, this is this is how I see that match going. So I see Nia Jax winning either. So either she gets eliminated because it's an elimination match, right? Or is it just yeah? Okay, either she gets eliminated first or she wins. Those are the only two outcomes that I can see happening. Um, and if she's like, say for instance, she wins, I see Sasha Banks turning on Bailey immediately, uh, and blaming Bailey for losing. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't see her having it more than a month. If, I, if I asked that in part just to see what your response was. To see oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just see if you get pissed off at me. No, because uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think there's I don't think there's any way Nia's going to win, especially with how they booked her on Raw. Because yeah. she got so 
she, I mean, she crushed all three of them and held the title over her head. You know, she got such a uh, showcase there right at the end that I don't, yeah. I don't think that she's going to win. I don't, I, I don't know if she'll go off first. She may, she may not, but um, I, I just, I would be, I would be blown away if she, if she actually won that over the other three. And she's got like the other thing too, like she is the biggest person. And so she's going to have to be the base for a lot of spots uh, <laughs> in that match. Like, just being real, you know, like you always have to have the largest person in that match. And I don't, you know, having all of that fall on. Put Charlotte, her on the top. Tower of Doom. Yes. <laughs> just, just do it. It's WrestleMania. Do it. It's WrestleMania. You know, let them kill themselves. It'll, it'll be fun. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't see her win. I, I would, I would, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not a right time for Charlotte to win again. I think it's just overkill. Yeah. I could see Sasha doing it because she turned on Bailey, you know, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe I could just see Bailey retaining, but I, yeah. you know, I don't. Yeah. This is one of those ones where it's like, they've kind of, no matter what the outcome is, nobody's really going to people be. are. Yeah. Everyone's going to be just like some, there'll be a group that just hated it. Yeah. Hated like this should have, in my opinion, this should have been Charlotte should have kept the title for this entire time. And then Bailey should have won at WrestleMania. Like Bailey's lost the past so she lost to Nia and she lost to Sasha. So it's like, okay, you lost to both these people and you're still the champion. Mm-hmm. This why what? You yeah, know, it's it, it's not gonna there's not gonna be a magical moment if anybody uh wins this one. Like it would have been if Bailey won at WrestleMania. Like yeah, that's definitely. So yeah. And that's you know, that's something we always talk about too, is that you know, champions losing you know, from week to week, they lose their non-title matches. And it's like, it's just a way for them to build a story or whatever, to build up a champion, but it's, or a challenger. But it's like, you know, like you said, when you get to that point, it's like, these two have already beat you, you know? Right. So it loses a little bit when the match, you know, when you go, you get to the match that actually matters, it loses its luster a little bit. Yeah. So like, and speaking in like combat sports terms. So like Bellator is like the number two right under the UFC. And they used to run, instead of it just being like, essentially like it is in pro wrestling where you have number one contenders and there's like a ranking system and stuff like that. They would have like a tournament. And while this tournament goes on to find the number one contender, they would have the champion fight these one-off matches against people. And a few times the champion lost, but it was a non-title match. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's like, okay, your champ lost and lost in devastating fashion. Why are they fighting this other person? Like, you know, like when you do these non-title matches, it's just, it's dumb, yeah. you know, unless it's going to be a squash, people are going to remember, oh, Bailey lost to two other people in this match recently. Why should we care? You know? Right. So. Well, I think we left the two best matches for last. We have oh. the battle Royal and we have the, the- <laughs> tag team triple threat match. The Jabra Royale of cheese. My <laughs> goodness. Yeah, that one. This is a Braun Strowman showcase. If it isn't, it's it better be. It like, better if it's be. not, that that would be like the worst booking possible. I don't care if Sami Zayn wins it. Like this is this is the Baron Corbin and uh Dean Ambrose should have been in this match too. Just being weird. <laughs> like I just no want to see. Can... I just want to see Big Show and Strowman just kind of, you know, do do a double clothesline and just push everyone out of the ring immediately. Immediately, just, and then have a match. And then, then they, they, yeah, I want them to have a match. I mean, realistically, it'll probably be like 
Strowman shows Zane Ziggler, maybe something like that. But I, I would rather just see a match between the two big guys, you know, just, just yeah. toss everyone and just have them go at it for, you know, eight minutes, six minutes. Yeah. Cause they had a dope match the other day. They so, did. You know, it, you know, and that'll probably be the last, I think they said they're going to put that on the USA network and that's like the second hour of the pre-show or the kickoff show. So, you know, that's kind of like the way they're going to hook fans and, you know, you should throw on the, you know, get the two big dudes going after each other. And, you know, that might, that might grab a couple people at the last minute. Who do you have winning the uh, triple threat? If you even care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really. The Hardys. I have the Hardys winning. I, if they show up, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Like, so I see the way that I see that playing out is probably that I kind of the obvious choice here is Enzo and Big Cass winning because they've never won a title before in any iteration of WWE. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, nobody cares about them, you know, (laughs) Um, and nobody really cares about uh, Sheamus and Cesaro either. So I could see Enzo and Cass winning. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe saying something to the New Day and them having like a little back and forth, and then the Hardys appear, which I like. The Hardys need to have something going on with the New Day. They just that's just it needs to happen ASAP. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that like, would be fun. I don't care how it happens; it just needs to happen because <laughs> like, that's comedy gold. And I'm just tired of Enzo Amore, just oh, period. So I mean, we were talking about trades and things, and I almost feel like you know, with you know Carmella kind of floundering in SmackDown, I almost wonder if they should bring her over. And I don't know; that's not going to necessarily help Enzo, but right. it might just you know get the group back together again. You know, I, they could trade. You know, maybe Dana could go over to SmackDown because she's been completely destroyed yeah. on Raw. So her, you know, even with the face turn, that help that'll help. Right. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't mind that trade to help that, that whole, all of them out. Um, but yeah, but like Gallows and Anderson, I, I honestly, I just hope that one of the other two teams win because their, their title run has been just abysmal. Yeah. You know, and it's not that I like, I don't dislike, really dislike them, but it's just been, they did the whole thing with Roman Reigns. And they look right. like, they look like goofballs for like two weeks in a row. Right. And, you know, then they just, you know, they, <laughs> they ended up turning this match into a triple threat because they ended up beating up both teams on Raw. Yeah. Remember, it was supposed to be one or the other, and then they jumped the in. Other. They were like, "Oh, we want to be showcased." And it's like, "Well, you just brought in an extra team, so your percentage of winning the title, the keeping the titles, just went just down." Went Why down. would you do that? I don't know. So I don't. <laughs> I you know, it's it's dumb. It's it's getting all hot and bothered over like the least interesting match. They had to add ladders to it because people didn't give a crap about it. Right, and like that for me, that should have the ladders match should have been uh, Charlotte Bailey, Sasha, and Nia. Like. When they first said that that was going to happen, I was like, okay, women's ladder match. This could be really dope. And then it's like once I saw them show up with a ladder to beat up Sheamus and Cesaro on Monday, I was like, well, fuck this show. (laughs) (laughs) At least they made it uh, the women's match elimination. That that makes it, you know, a, a lot better than just doing the fatal four way. So yes. at least at least we got that. You try the you know, silver lining, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an aluminum lining. Shit is terrible. The show uh, will be better than last last year, though. Last year's show was pretty rough. That was uh, yeah. I was not a fan of it. Yeah. I don't know, like the past shit, the past couple of years have been kind of rough at WrestleMania. 
Um, and mainly because it's just going to be so fucking long. Like this, so 13 matches. 13 matches. Wow. My goodness. Last like, year it was 12, I believe. Yeah. And then before that, it was like 9 and 8. I think 31, I'm looking at it right now because I, I have to fact check myself. Uh, 31 was nine matches. Yeah. So I was like, why would you do all of this extra stuff? And like, so it's <clears throat> like, so this has been my thing with the WWE like the past two or three years is they only book and plan things out to make the most amount of money in the short term. And then they just worry about the future once it actually shows up. Because it's like, in all of these things, it's like, okay, I understand that you're trying to pull in as many people as possible. They're trying to get the network up to like 2 million uh, subscribers, you know, Mm -hmm. the day after. It's like, okay, you could still, it's WrestleMania. Like, it's WrestleMania. You're going to get a ton of people that are going to show up just for WrestleMania. Because, you know, WrestleMania is really not for the hardcore fan. WrestleMania being at WrestleMania is for the hardcore fan, but the actual show itself, the broadcast, that's not for us. You know, that's for the people that, you know, still think the rock is actively wrestling in the WWE. You know, that's for the people that were like, Oh yeah, CM Punk's still champion. Right. So like (laughs) you, (laughs) so with them, like, of course, that's why they've got bringing back the part-timer so that you have a older name that people still remember from back in the day. And it's just like, uh, just cut the shit down. You don't need to have because what it'll prop. So what time does it start this year? Like start pre uh, starts at five. Jesus Eastern. Christ! And it's gonna end probably like twelve, twelve, twelve thirty ish. Ugh, that's that's a lot of wrestling. That is a lot of damn wrestling. Like I don't even like watching Wrestle Kingdom. You know, that much. Like, I have to break that up over a week to watch all of those matches because it's just like, that's just too much, especially because you've got, so there's, so say there's seven hours there, and then we're going to go watch three hours again tomorrow. Or so, what, TakeOver will probably be two hours. Then you've got all the pre-show kickoff stuff, so that's going to be seven hours on Sunday. Then three hours again on Monday, and then another two hours on Tuesday. Plus, talk, it's just like, yo, this is. That's a and lot you get the Hall of Fame on Friday. So, I'm not um, watching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I Let's have not watched. That. I haven't watched the Hall of Fame since Mr. T. Like, ever <laughs> since he had his like 45 minute diatribe about how much he loved his mama, I was like, yo, that was something else. Take your damn lace front mohawk wig, <laughs> leave. It's too much. <laughs> Tired of it. Well, I don't think it's going to change because it's you know oh, um, no. I. I don't know if you saw it, but um, Brandon Howard on Twitter he uh, he he put up numbers of all the the WrestleMania live gates mm-hmm. and how they've increased dramatically over the years. Oh yeah, and I mean the as, he actually had it as thirty two was the highest ever at seventeen point three million dollars live gate and adjusted sense. for inflation. So it's like then the last four are in the top ten overall. So yeah. you know this this you know what they've done what they figured out you know it works and. They're going to keep running with it. And, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, some people, one person I saw, I can't remember if it, I don't know if it was you or who, but somebody, someone talked about doing a two-day event. <laughs> two, uh, that makes sense. Two-day would be, like, so for me, I would do, I could see that happening. Like, I would combine TakeOver and WrestleMania all into one thing, you know? Like, just 
and just have two days of wrestling. Like, cut that shit in half because that's just like, that's a lot. You know, I understand that the people know that they're there for a long period of time, but still, like, that is a lot for people to be sit down, like, sitting down at a live event for seven damn hours. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's, that's just, whew, my goodness. Yeah, cut it down. And it would be interesting to see if they could sell a stadium two days in a row. Yeah. You know, they would have to definitely even out the, you know, they probably would have to put some WWE stars in with that NXT, you know, I guess they could actually just intermingle if they want. Yeah, I would just, that's what I would do. I would just sprinkle the NXT matches all within, you know, and just have Nakamura right, you know, rude Nakamura right up there with the, you know, WWE uh, universal and with the SmackDown championship, just have all that block, just handle it like they do in any other combat sport where the championship matches are at the top of the card. So, you know, or have like one day be, eh, I guess that kind of defeats the whole purpose of having everything on one show. Uh, Cause I would say, like, I don't know if obviously there, you know, that would be there. I'm sure there was a lot of cons to doing that, but yeah. just in terms of just strictly speaking about time, yeah. it would be, you know, you'd have maybe two, four hour shows, you know, yeah. and that way they could, I don't know. The fans would be able to, and they might make more money too if they're able to fill a stadium two days in a row. But you know, I'm sure there's a lot of cons and negatives that would come with doing doing yeah. two shows. But it's going to be a long one. Oh, uh, hopefully it's good. I mean, if it's good, then I don't really mind. You know, if right. you, uh, you know if they plan it out and they have a lot of good matches, and I, I feel like on paper there's a lot of good matches here. Yeah, that's the key you know. right there is making it good. You know, this is, and that has been the gripe with a lot of people. Like the WWE will. More often than not. So if we're going on, uh, you know, scoring things at a, you know, the highest score is a 10, like they probably on average, they usually get four to five out of 10, you know, on most shows, you have a lot of clunky shit, but then you have those four or five really good matches or moments that, you know, make up that make us forget, you know, a lot of the other things, unless something so egregiously bad happens that, you know, it's just like, you know, botchmania fodder or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, yeah. So let's see. My standard questions for everybody. <laughs> round of questions. I don't know what I'm gonna call them yet, but we'll stick with that. So, when did you get into pro wrestling? Um, probably around '91. I think it was a mixture of uh, Hogan and Warrior and Sting and Vader. Yes. I would catch, you know, WCW on Saturday nights. Um, I would go to my video store and they had a really cool uh, wrestling section. Mm-hmm. So I tend, I would just go through all the old pay-per-views and watch them. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble were kind of like the first ones that caught me. Um, so I think just kind of a mixture of that just initially first caught my attention. And then from there, you know, then Raw came on TV. And then that was like, you know, that hooked me from then on. Yeah. Uh, were you a WCW or a WWF guy? WWF. All right. <laughs> Easily. I, I, I never really watched WCW. I, you know, it was like that that thing. And I'm sure most be like in the hallways of, of high school or middle school. You had like the, the WWE kids would sit on one side and the WCW kids would sit on the other <laughs> side. And they'd wear their respective shirts. And it was, yeah. you know, <laughs> but no, I, I didn't really watch too much WCW. Yeah, I grew up in the in the state slash city that WCW is in. So I was a WCW kid back in Understandable. Uh, favorite era of pro wrestling? Um, or I guess it'd be favorite era of WWE since it's uh, yeah. 
that's the only one that really has errors. <laughs> I've, you know, part of me thinks that I like the, you know, my nostalgia kicks in for the, the golden era, you know, mm-hmm. the 80s. I, I do enjoy all that. But, you know, part of me, too, I enjoy the era we're in right now. Yeah. I think it's very cool what's going on in terms of this. We talked about it earlier with, with all the streaming services and how technology is playing into how different things wrestling, you know, how different things could be here in another year or two where WWE could be running indie shows on the network. And, right. you know, guys are getting contracts at a much earlier time period as before where they're, you know, slogging away in the indies forever. They might actually get some, you know, some contracts because right. people got to get locked up. Otherwise they're going to get stolen. You know, right. and, and so right now it's just a really interesting time. It's like the, you know, reminds me of like when, you know, the 83, 84, when, when Vince decided to go after the territories, you know, we're kind of doing that more on a global scale now. So these right now, I think is actually a really cool time. Right. Yeah. I'm a, I was actually one of those. Cause I went back the other day and, you know, everybody loves to say how like the attitude era was like the best time in the WWE. And I was like, <laughs> and I said, hold on. Okay. What? <laughs> And like I was like, okay, so like what moments? I asked like some folks, like, what moments do they remember from the attitude area era? And sure enough, everything that they all thought was in the attitude era actually happened in like the ruthless ruthless aggression era. Oh yeah. Because you know? it's like I was like, look, I don't think y'all understand. Like the attitude era was trash for the most part. <laughs> like that is one something. It didn't hold up now. It did not hold up. So like you know, when, like, the whole women's revolution, original women's revolution thing started, I was like, yeah, you didn't have good matches in, like, women's matches until, like, 04, you know? Like, 02, 03, 04-ish when that happened. Like, before that, like, the Attitude Era was literally nothing but Brian Panties matches yeah. for women. So, uh, so, favorite problematic thing in wrestling, whether it be a wrestler or uh, some sort of, like, thing that goes on in wrestling? Um... Gosh, I don't even. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Can I just put? I don't know. Yeah, yes, I do cover this on the daily. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. That is, you might have stumped me with that. I didn't have to actually think about that one for a while. <laughs> you, you might have got me on that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, favorite dumb thing in wrestling. We'll move on to that one. Favorite dumb thing. <laughs> we talked about cells earlier. So. <laughs> probably, probably the cells. Um, you know, I don't know. Prob- probably some of the cells. I, I would actually like, you know, one of the dumb things is, you know what? See, I just need to think about it. You got me though. But problematic in terms of maybe, you know, WWE really is so they just they they hold hands so tightly now with their wrestlers where it's like they they literally just feed them, the, you know, the lines that they need to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that hurts the characters when they're not able to actually express themselves in what their character should be. Roman you know, it's, it's some, for some of the writer, you know, for some of these characters, you can't have a writer, you know, filling in the gaps. That's why like, you know, Bray tends to do his own, you know, or like, I guess Cena does too from time to time, you know, I feel like that, that, that is a, a problem that, you know, what I think would help a lot of these guys where if they could just, when they can, when they can just talk, they can just talk, you know, you watch like uh, talking smack and, and, um, Alexa Bliss just just talked about how that they don't really, there's no script. They get to go on there and pretty much just do whatever. They may have a couple bullet points or a storyline right. that they need to follow, but there is no script. And that's partly why that show is so amazing because people can go on there and just kind of be themselves in their character. 
Right. And, you know, like they always say that, you know, your the best characters are just your personality turned up to 11. So, right. you know, and like speaking of Alexa Bliss. So the day like when she was on Talking Smack and, you know, she had like the whole mess up when she said that, you know, the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And then right after that, Uha Na- well, not Uha Nation, shit, Apollo Crews <laughs> came in and was like, man, you hear about the Patriots? I <laughs> I cried laughing. I was like, you know, the dude actually has a personality like yeah. this. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Uh, hopefully, they start to see that, you know, this people are actually gravitating and connecting to people when they're just, you know, talking smack, essentially. Like, you know, Baron Corbin, when he's not scripted on talking smack, because uh, you can tell sometimes when he goes on there and you can tell he had to memorize a bunch of things because he does that weird voice thing that he does where he just kind of <laughs> pauses after every word. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because like his like when he does interviews and he just gets to talk, he's very entertaining. Very I mean, entertaining. Because he, he, like, again, his character is, is pretty close to how he is. Right. So it, it's it, he gets to just pretty much be himself. So, right. yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of those guys who were, if they just let him go, and this isn't a new or like a, a known, you know, this isn't like a new idea. I mean, right. Stone Cold's been talking about it forever. I mean, right. you know, this, it's just one of those things where if you just let people kind of have a little bit of freedom, it, it really benefits some of them. Some of them, maybe they need it. You know, maybe some of the younger ones, they need, they need that. But right. there's some that don't. And I think that their character would grow immensely if they didn't have that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, like, you, me- you mentioned dumb things, um, dumb David things, Otunga. A.K.A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> punk from I Love New York. Yes. <laughs> David Otunga. And, and I only say that because, you know, I know he's like an easy target and like people love to go after him. But he, you know, you really got to see it these last couple of weeks with, um, you know, Morrow and David were out. And so then you got to see the two-man booth. Right. Which was pretty good. I actually liked it. And then he only, you know, only David came back and, and he didn't add anything. They, they didn't, they didn't need him at all. I mean, that's already known, but you really got to actually literally got an example of what it looks like with and without him. Right. And he's, you know, I just, oh man, his, his delivery and oh my God, he is just, he's just the worst. <laughs> yes, he is. The absolute worst. Oh man. I do love when they take digs at him though. Which, yeah, I, well, that's what like Byron Saxton does that really well. He can take those digs. He right. he has learned his role in terms of with Cole and and like now Corey Graves. So he's he's done a good job of kind of like okay, I'm going to be the kind of the punching bag here, and I'm going to be super happy guy, and that's fine. That works for him, and that that has actually I don't mind him quite as much now because he's taken that on, and Corey Graves gets to you know tell him to shut up and all that stuff. So, but but David Otunga is just kind of like he's just there, man. Like, hey, I'm just here, and then I'm gone. Because you know that he goes and does other things. So it's like yeah. he's not really as invested as some of these people. Corey Graves literally would be out of the company if he didn't work his ass off. Right. You know, oh, yeah, they yeah. wouldn't. He would. He, Triple H gave him a shot, and then that's you know, if he didn't, if it, that didn't work out, he would have been gone. So he was like, I'm going to be the best guy here. Where David Otunga doesn't, he doesn't need to worry about that. He can go act and go do whatever else, and he, you know, he's set. So right. that it's just like with like an MMA. Once guys fighters get comfortable, they don't need the money anymore. They don't necessarily have the desire. Then they yep. start losing fights. And then they don't have that just that that hunger anymore. So yep. we've seen it happen all too oh, many yeah. times, all too many times. So, but yeah, so if you could change one thing in the current pro wrestling landscape, what would it be? Um, 
I don't really know. I would like to see more. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to when some of these companies maybe join together, which I know that that's going to have probably a lot of negative impact, but I, I'm looking forward to when that happens, when, you know, someone teams up with WWE or maybe when, you know, I'm looking forward to when like, uh, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling makes a push towards America. Like that's yeah. been kind of their thing. You know, they're trying to expand and they're, you know, they're the number two company in the world. So it's like they, they need to try to, you know, push towards their, their, you know, their fans overseas. And, you know, they, they've started it. They still have a lot of work to do, but yeah. you know, this is kind of the first year where they're, they actively, they do a lot more English commentary. They're going to have a show in the U S they do their promos now in English. Like they'll, they'll dub over it and all that. So now they're, they're actually making, uh, you know, an effort to do so. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they impact things. Cause they're obviously they're not at WWE's level, but they're pretty high, you know, they're pretty, they, they do well for themselves. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do to try to fend off the machine. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I could definitely see if another big network picked up new Japan, like that would be, because especially seeing how like the landscape is now, since there's so much wrestling and wrestling is at a level that it's never been at before, you know, if a say Ted Turner's company, well, I don't think it's, it's Ted Turner still really in the company, but say TNT picked up pro wrestling again and, you know, they showed New Japan because, of course, like you can watch it on Access TV where like they basically show like the best highlights and stuff like that um, of New Japan. But, you know, that's not the same as every week, you know, seeing something every Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday, for instance. So, you know, I that would if I were running a company, that's would be one of the things that I do would be, all right, we are going to go ahead and get this in. And, you know, if whatever show happens the day of, at least within the next few days, it gets released, uh, you know, on TV here. So, yeah. Yep. And that would be, you know, as you said, like, I'm looking forward to that as well, since it's, you know, it's literally at the tips of our thing uh, of our fingers where we can go, you know, what, I don't even know if New Japan's ten dollars a month or whatever nine. it is. It's like, it's like nine. nine bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> it, it changes based on the uh, currency, right? Exchange, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, because the yen fluctuates like crazy. Like, because I, I was looking on my bill for like the three or four months that I had it, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck? Why is this change?" Oh, I remember now. Because like the first time that I went to Japan, it was like a oh, like ninety five or a hundred yen uh, to the dollar. Or no, it was 140 yen to the dollar. And then the second time that I went, it was like 101 to the dollar. So it was like, shit, we oh. lived like kings the first time. <laughs> Damn it, man. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, but like, I mean, with like, you know, there's in flow sports is still out there. It's like yeah. if they could grab one of those upper, you know, initially they thought, oh, maybe they might get Ring of Honor. You know, it's right. kind of like one of those. If, if, if they could try to grab some of those upper tier, you know, maybe that would that might draw more people into them. So it's kind of like, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how things consolidate, you know, and then that might be good or bad, but it'll just be interesting to see. Cause there's just so many, I mean, there's so many indie promotions out there. There's so many streaming promotions out there. So it'd be cool to see just how, you know, kind of how everyone moves, moves their promotion around and tries to set themselves up. Definitely. Definitely. And <clears throat> yeah, that is definitely one of the things that I'm looking forward to. And since, and the other thing too is, you know, if you want to see people on the big stage, when you have these wrestlers that are on these in these other companies and that are getting spotlight, you know, it's just more than li- more likely to see them come over to the WWE. Like the fact that like the other day we saw, uh, well, you know, WWE posted that uh, Io Shirai 
was at the performance center and then immediately took that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, immediately took that down. I was like, huh, okay, either there's a contract dispute or they're trying to keep this shit under wraps now for like some sort of a run-in type thing. But yeah, like had it not been for her showing up on Lucha Underground, which I kind of have a feeling that might be the contractual dispute thing if that is what, what's happening. But like the fact that she was on Lucha Underground and so many people saw that and like, you know, not only is she just like a great women's wrestler, but the fact that she went toe to toe with Pentagon Jr. and like had yeah. just a shit, shit <laughs> to the wall crazy match. Like she jumped like off the second story of a damn building, essentially. And, you know, like when people are, you know, not only just wrestling fans are going to see that, but then, you know, the brass backstage at WWE are going to see that, you know. Of course, like they pay attention to what people say in the comment sections and stuff as far as like who they want to see from the indies and stuff like that, because we wouldn't have seen a Heidi Lovelace or, um, you know, Ember Moon or any of like whatever the current names are. Like all these indie people had it not been for, you know, them actually listening to what we say, you know, like I know people love to say that the WWE doesn't listen, but look, you know, (laughs) they do. Had it not been for us being very vocal about things, Daniel Bryan never would have got his, you know, big moments, right. you know, yeah. on the big stage. So, like, same thing, Kevin Steen. We wouldn't have, you know, those dope matches between Kevin Owens and John Cena. We wouldn't have, you know, this amazing story that we currently have right now with Jericho and Owens. So, yeah, you guys got to chill. <laughs> I wonder how how cutthroat WWE will get as this heats up too. Where if they say, you know, if you know, they could get to wrestlers early and say, if you go to these other whatever, whether they're promotions or a conglomerate of promotions, if you go to these, then then don't expect to come here, you know, right. or for, don't expect to for a very long time, you know. And they may get after people at an earlier phase, so then they can get them into whatever they're, you know, whether it's NXT or the Performance Center, or if they have even another feeder, you know, indie group that they eventually tie with. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they play that where they, they, they are just so, you know, just don't, you don't go there, you know, or you're not coming here, you know, yeah. or if they're going to be more open, it'll, uh, probably they won't be, though. I doubt they yeah, will Yeah, I doubt that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm pretty sure there's probably like, if you signed with TNA, I'm going to call them TNA forever because they're still doing LOL TNA things, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there is like a well-known fact. If you go and work for TNA, it's a high chance that you're not going to work for us. And like, there's a lot of promoters like, like, uh, you know, like Gabe and some other promoters who have said, like, make sure you know what you're doing. Like you're, you know, make sure you know what you're signing up for and where you're going right. to go and what this means for you in the future. And I, I can't remember who else said it. Someone else talked about how now the new territory is yourself and that you need to make sure yourself is set first before you go anywhere. Because if you go to the wrong place, that could hurt you long-term. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And that's one of those things like, and with, all things like I know people like gripe about when uh, like they hear stuff about that from the WWE, but that's any industry, you know. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're an independent contractor and you worked with a bunch of, or not even an independent contractor, but if you're in any industry and you go work work with a company that is notorious for bad business practices, that shit's going to follow you. Like that's that's going to stain your resume for a while when you go to, you know anywhere else you go to not like i uh, in my day job like i'm a videographer for depositions and like you i hear this shit all the time where people will go 
And, you know, they're like, yeah, I worked with so-and-so for however many years. And usually I just don't even say anything about it on my, you know, on my resume, because had I done that, I wouldn't have got gotten this job that I ended up getting, you know, like, that's just, that's just how the world works. So, yeah. you know, and it's, and for me being a fan, like it's hard to, like, I want to support certain wrestlers. Like there are wrestlers that are like just recently signed with TNA or impact, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, fuck, I want to root for you so bad. Like I am in your corner, but I refuse to watch that company because that company is a trash company. So, you know, like that's, and that's one of those things. Like they have to realize, I understand that, you know, in the short term, you are going to make money because you need to make money. But at the same time, like you might lose out on people in your fan base because either one, they can't watch it because they don't have access to it or two, they just don't like that company and they're not going to watch that company. So you know, you damned if you do, damned if you don't yeah. type of thing. It is what it is. So, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, it was great talking to you again. You know, I'll be talking to you on Twitter, of course, as yes, well. Yes, always. You know, when you say something about Nia Jax and I will throw a gif of some sort in your direction. I um, hate you. I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> but then, like, the thing is, like, with that, like, I, it's, more often than not, it's usually like because like I tend to end up seeing a whole bunch of like derogatory things in the same vein, and usually nothing that has to do with her in ring work because her in ring work isn't all that great. Like she does, she has spots that she's really good at, but you know she's still really damn raw. Like she's only been wrestling for a few years, so. But like more often than not, you end up catching the brunt, like the end of <laughs> you catch the end of like after me seeing like a bunch of jackasses like calling her like a gorilla or some shit like that. So that's why I'm usually like, oh, God damn it. I hate, I hate all of you. I try to pick my spots. Shit. I try. Some weeks I'll leave it alone. Some weeks I'll be like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it this week. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to say anything. And you'll just like send something or you just like send like the eyes emoji. I was like, this son of a bitch. He's <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> but yeah. All right, man. Uh, enjoy your day. You know, we'll go back and forth on uh, about WrestleMania stuff probably as it happens. All- Sounds good. 52 hours of it so all right man <laughs> thanks Later. very much all right, bye. all right that was my boy heel doors um hope y'all enjoyed this one i'm probably going to be switching up the format that i've been using like recently i've just been kind of backlogging all my stuff but instead i am probably going to try to record on friday saturday or sunday so that i can have whoever i'm interviewing actually go over stuff that we just saw over the week so yeah, hope y'all enjoyed WrestleMania. You know, I know we're all kind of fucking hungover from all this goddamn pro wrestling, but yeah, it was still a pretty good weekend. And uh I will talk to y'all next week. Mm-hmm.